Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Square Eye Syndrome podcast. Hope you're all well. I'm Ben Gilman, and once again, I'm joined by Troy Salmon. Hey, guys. How you doing? And Tom Hill. All right. Awesome. So today, as we discussed in the last podcast, once a month, we are going to do a special podcast where we just go fully in deep with a show and we just discuss the general overview of the whole series it has to be finished and it has to be finished three years ago so that we don't accidentally you're like idiots when they resurrect it for no reason exactly. so today we are decided that the first one should be uh, a favorite of ours personally although there would be some things that we would disagree on it is a uh, being human the uk version uh, not the shitty us one we're going to move on now. That's the last. <laughs> oh, come on. Oh, come on, man. Come on. No, we don't hate America. It's just <laughs> do a good job with this one. But anyway, we move on. Mm. Uh, it is a BBC, um, BBC free show. Um, it's basically a show about a vampire, uh, a ghost, and a werewolf flat sharing in Bristol originally, and then later in later series, moving on to. Wales. Um, it's basically a flat share comedy and a horror drama at the same time. And it's basically about supernatural creatures trying to not kill each other in uh, accommodation and also trying to coexist with human beings in the real life and have a normal life. And it doesn't always go, it never goes well. But that's the beauty of it. Um, it was written by um, the person that should be more. Famous Toby Whithouse, Toby Whitehouse. Sorry, um, he's a fantastic yeah. writer. Um, his his credits are numerous, but he is. Uh, whenever you see his name on an episode, it's a pretty good time. What do you guys think of him as a writer? Hey, go on, Tom. I say you go first. Um, go well, yeah, no, being, being humans an amazing series, and um, to do something close to your heart, Ben. He obviously he was the one of the main writers for the Peter Capaldi incarnation of Doctor Who. And that was one of the best written characters there ever has been in yeah, terms of Doctor Who. So, yes, yeah, he's he's an amazing writer with a real skill to to make it relevant, even when he's dealing with things that are completely unreal. Yeah, exactly. Plus, he's creating that Noughts and Crosses, that new show as well. You you right now as well. Is that him? I, yeah, it's him. Oh right. I've, I haven't actually watched it, but well, we'll do now. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's the other guy that wrote? Um, you know the guy who wrote Misfits. Uh, he's writing um, his Dark Materials. Oh, they, oh yeah. I had to watch that. Oh, I forgot about it. What's his name? It's going to drive me nuts. But you know what? That's another guy um, that always turns up regularly on TV. And when you know, see their names, he's also written for Doctor Who. Um, mm. They're bloody good writers. Horn something. I think it's Jack Horn. It might be something. James, like do you mean James Horn? James, uh, yeah, it's top. I think that. He turns up on a lot of shows. He's bloody good as well. Um, but anyway, we're not talking about his dark materials. We might yeah. do that in a couple of years. <laughs> Lads, we need to keep on track. We're going to be. Uh, oh, we just said his work. We just said his work, man. Let's go. Let's do it. So, um, I also, by the way, we've had feedback on the Doctor Who mentions. Um, we'll try again next week. Yay. It's going to happen at some point. It's going to happen. That's why I avoided mentioning Doctor Who. But <laughs> yeah, but you had to when you're talking about Paul. About Paul about I know, but the you can't avoid it. Yeah, exactly. Feedback, I just take bounce off for me, like mental armor. Right, yeah. 
so the background is it started in 2000 and, uh, yeah. so the pilot was um 2007 it was broadcast on the 18th of february mm-hmm. 2000 and basically tom remembers more than tom and troy remember more than i do but it does have one of the original cast russell tovey who plays george who's a vampire a werewolf. Start. We're just going to keep on going. I can't. Just keep going. Just keep going. <laughs> yes. Um, so Guy Flanagan was Mitchell the Vampire in the pilot. Andrea Riseborough was Annie, and she was a much better one than the original. But I'm not going to get into that. And Russell Tovey is George, who's a werewolf. Um, Adrian Lester was Harrick, the vampire leader. The main antagonist of series in one. Yeah. Lovely. Uh, what do you guys remember about the pilot episode? Because I very hazy. I came in with season one. To be honest, I'm kind of hazy on it. I think Tom probably not bored me, to be fair, but I kind of got into it like, literally after that. But um, Yeah, sure. So, um, the pilot episode is pretty similar to the actual first episode they did. They kind of redid and took quite a few bits from the pilot for the first episode of the real series. Ah, okay. But um, because basically it's setting up the characters and why the why they work why they work in hospitals, like the same kind of things that they did through the series, but they did they it was a more concentrated version of it. Yeah. Um, I know. Uh, Andrea Risborough, like you say, she was amazing as the ghost because she she brought real kind of different emotions to it. You could believe that she would be a poltergeist at some points and not at others and there was a real depth of character there mm. and she was fantastic um yeah she's amazing anyway actually she's amazing yeah uh guy flanagan yeah he was all right but i actually i think they made a very good choice in changing to aiden turner in the end so yeah because i think i think he's brilliant as mitchell i can't imagine anyone else really <laughs> playing that role can you really I mean, the original actor was very emo. I remember thinking he was a bit too emo, or Adrian Lester has more of a... How do you say it? Um, he's more... Aiden Turner's got that... Um, Turner, yeah, sorry. Swag, that swag. But Aiden <laughs> Turner has more of a... A bit of a funny personality as well. So He was uh, less of a cliché. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Adrian Lester was Harrick in a pilot. Bloody Adrian, two Adrians. No wonder I got confused. But the, um, the but yeah, with basically... Adrian Lester, brilliant though he is, and I absolutely love Adrian Lester. Jason Watkins, mm-hmm. mate, one of the underrated British actors. Jason He's Watkins in... is one of the best actors yeah. in Everything. the world, in my opinion. Everything he could turn up and make Coronation Street must view television. <laughs> Man, well, he, start, he started in EastEnders, so yeah, he's an East, EastEnder, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go find that on YouTube later. I have to see this. Um, but I, I actually saw him when I was at um, when I was at school. I saw him in a Seven to Two Masters, which he was nominated for an Olivier Award for, and okay. he was absolutely amazing. Yeah, and I've kept an eye on his career ever since, and I've seen him on stage four or five different times, and he is brilliant. He is absolutely brilliant, and He's I brilliant. just love the fact that yeah. he was mm. given the rollers in um, being him. The thing, the thing with Adrian Lester's Herrick. And like I say, I think Adrian Lester is an amazing actor. Is it mm. was once again I'm going to use the word cliched again. Even though he brought kind of depth to it, he was very dark and very I'm a vampire. 
kind of character, whereas Herrick, he's the kind of guy you wouldn't look twice at as a policeman. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the beauty of that character. Jason Watkins has a weird face. He has a weird face, but you wouldn't look twice at him. Yeah, that's not weird. That, 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 he was in a it's... dark suit. He was... Yeah. He, he, he just... He was being kind of ominous. He was being a what you would imagine a vampire leader yeah. would be yeah, like. Yeah, exuded mystery, yeah. And you can get on the job undercover. Whereas... And that's the thing with the vampire swap over Mitchell, I just feel like Adrian Turner's got more of a natural look about him when he's not trying too hard, where the other guy, yeah. just look at me, I'm emo, my chemical romance, baby boy. You know. romance. Is that a thing anymore? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> But also, like Phil Davis later seasons, we'll get to that. But like these two guys are Jason Watkins just appears in everything and makes it instantly better. He's just, yeah, I would yeah. totally agree with that. I mean, Midsummer Murders is pretty shit, but he's turned up in that a few times and he's proper, proper good, proper good actor. I think Midsummer's was okay, but these recent ones are kind of eh. No, but you know what I mean. He, he turns up and he can make a mediocre episode. Yeah, yeah. not bad. I Chef. don't understand. I don't understand Midsummer Murders. After well, you, never, you never got it. Why would anyone? Why would you live there? ever live there? Yeah. <laughs> the amount of deaths, the amount of murders. There's more deaths there than there are in the Middle East, bro. What the hell? Like, I'm just saying, you, you and I have both moved houses quite a few times. Everyone looked at an area and go, "What's the murder rate like?" Oh, it's high. Great. It makes Norwood look like a sunny paradise. Midsummer Murders. I'm telling you right now. <sighs> yep. <laughs> Anyway, so what do you think Sorry. of the pilot? No, that's okay. It's cool. It's good. Well, to... the, no, 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 the, the thing about the pilot was that essentially Toby Whithouse was told that it was going to be a one-off thing. Yeah. I he did that. it as a pilot. He was told, even when they were filming it, he was told that, you know what, we've decided not to pick this up as a full series, but we will show the one episode. So he kind of tried to close things off and not make mm. it too big. Like a one-off story thing, mm, yeah. Which is why it is different to the first episode, but it's kind of like a a mini one story thing of just them getting used to being what they are, and then it stops. So it felt yeah. quite unfinished. It felt like a short in it almost. Yeah, but they weren't allowed longer than like the half hour. So he did the yeah. best he could with what he had, basically. And uh, what do you think of Russell Tovey? Or are we going to hold on to that? Uh-uh. Yeah, <laughs> I'm triggering you. Uh, I know. God, don't get me. Uh, he kind of got me <laughs> off it a little bit. Russell Tovey, I was like, uh, his, his portrayal as well. It just, just got my nerves after a while. I don't know. I, don't know. I, lo- I love Russell Tovey as George from Being Human. Yes. I Unfortunately, I've seen him in many things and he's always playing George from yes. Being Human. He's in Legend of Tomorrow as well. Have you seen that a CW show? He's like he's a character. He's the same character, literally the same guy. Yeah. Ah. Even even in and I know I shouldn't be mentioning this Sherlock. Oh, it's basically Ben in the uh, the Baskerville Hello. episode. He's basically Hello. it's basically him just being George again. Again. And he does play the same one in the job, like him and her. He's Gavin Stacey. I could just go through the list. No, 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 no. Exactly. <laughs> He is a great his, actor, his but it's a one note performance. And he, oh, always... also, he was in, um, oh, what was it? Um, uh, uh, Quantico. 
Because in that, he was kind of different in there. He was kind of different in there. He was kind of more edgy in there. That's the only thing I've ever seen him edgy in. Yeah. What I'm saying, though, is like some actors, though, he has, he's a good actor. He's just one the actor. I've never not enjoyed. And there's years and years, which is the Russell T. Davis one from last year about the future of how we're all fucked. Mm. <laughs> that was some harrowing shit. But, like, um, it's, um, I, I like, I've, some people, like, um, I know, Tom, you think that he's under, he's overrated a bit. Yeah, what's Tom saying? Go on, so go on, Tom. Overrated is maybe slightly harsh. What okay. I would say is if his career had just been being human, I would think he was one of the greatest actors of all time. But if he'd, he'd stopped after being human, if something had happened that meant that he quit acting, I'd have I'd consider him a great actor. The problem I, is yeah. he just he's like you say, he's a one note actor. I did like him shrieking like a little girl. That's the one bit of the character where it's like high pitched, only dogs can hear. Where he's trying to death make every, us death every now and then. That's fine, but he does it too much. Mm. Yeah, near the end of season three, I was kind of glad that he was leaving at start of season four because <laughs> it's like a kettle. Yeah, but nobody knew he was leaving at the start of season four because he, um, the woman who played Nina, announced she was leaving. Obviously, we'll get into this, but Aidan Turner had left. Oh yeah, uh, but he, but Russell Tovey, when he was interviewed, actually said, "Oh no, I'm in season four. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he said it. Yeah, I remember saying. But that. he didn't say that he was only in one episode. Of one episode, yeah, one. But still, <laughs> and he's in the promotion pictures with the other people that would soon yeah, be born. Exactly. Comments, no, they, they, because they, people they, were worried about them changing the whole cast over, like in a oneer, they had to convince people because Russell Tovey, basically in popularity terms, it went Aiden Turner, Russell Tovey. And I'll like go, keep forgetting the name of the lady who played. I, I can count the amount of people that I've spoken to the show about and gone, Annie! Nobody. Anyway, mm. So, yeah, so they to... needed, in order to keep the, in order to get the people who'd watched yeah. the first three series to come Confused, back, yeah. they had to convince people that Russell Tovey was going to be there. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> the scandal, <laughs> real quick. I would love to hear a book about being human's development. From Paul Toby Whitehouse. Well, I, c- I can tell you some of his devel- its development. Cool. Hmm. Well, right, pace it because we've got one, two, three, four, five. Let's just well, no, try this, and get... this is more. This is more. One thing I was going to say anyway about one of the reasons why these characters work, and we'll get into it, is because the fact that they're a werewolf and a vampire and a ghost is almost incidental. That's why. In right. a weird way, yeah. because what yeah. happened was originally Toby Whitehouse. Wit has started writing a a comedy about three people living together. Yeah. And the first version he wrote of it was Annie, George, and uh, Mitchell. And Annie was an agoraphobic. Yeah, she was. George, yeah, what George had OCD hmm. and was really mild mannered, but then had would go into unbelievable rages. Hmm. And Mitchell was a sex addict. That was the three original characters. Mm. And so they wrote the, they wrote with that in mind, but then they just couldn't find what they thought would make it interesting. And then at the last meeting, when they were about to give up on it, uh, Toby Whitehouse just said to everyone else, well, how about we just make George a werewolf? And it grew from there that mm. the sex addict became the vampire, which is why the whole vampirism thing for Mitchell is almost like a sex addict. He just yep. can't get away yeah. from it. 
Exactly. And the ghost is very much like an agoraphobic. Yeah. That plays into hu- real human emotions, then made into supernatural things. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. why it works, because it's actually I... about the supernatural creature they are. It's closer to something that people yeah, can actually... Relatable. Yeah. But can actually... Um, I can't think what the word... Sympathise with, empathise with. Mm. The original... Yeah. The original three... Um, the one thing that they've done really well with Adrian, to, the, the thing is, from my perspective, my personal history, I'm kind of sick of vampires. So, I'm, <laughs> so I did Buffy, Angel Spike, good vampires, and then we come to this. And this is before everybody did bloody vampires, left, right, and center, if you know what I mean. Yep. So yeah. It felt at the time. You do this now, people will just kind of chuckle and go, oh, they have vampires, battling his demons. It's been done. But um, like you said, though, Russell Tovey, Adrian Turner, and the, per- the lady that plays the ghost, Annie, uh, Leona Chicklow, Leona Chicklow. Yeah. who um, they all got that sympathy where they feel like real people, like you said. They just happen to incidentally be supernatural as well. Yeah. And it's not always overplayed. And I love that show. Can like... I say one? Th- can I say one thing in uh, Lenora Critchlow's defence? She's actually a bloody good actress. No, she is. That's what I'm saying. She's actually a good actress. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> she is. I've seen her other stuff as well. She's really good. I've got yeah, so. I mean, like, to... The first thing I ever saw her in was Sugar Rush. I don't oh even yeah, that. I forgot about that Sugar Rush. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah. But she was amazing in that. And yeah, the exact she was. Opposite of. She was really. Um, she was really downplayed. To be honest, yeah, she was downplayed in the show. Mm. Well, I feel like the White Bear episode from Black Mirror is my revenge for Annie being a horrible... <laughs> just a funny character. It's funny to imagine that she's... That's her nightmare. Some fans have done it if that hate Annie. is like, oh, yeah, White, White Bear is totally where she went after she shut the door. That's her punishment for being an annoying character. Oh, my God. That's my joke. I, I've done that. So the reason... <laughs> So the first season has the very amazing... It builds up really well. And it always... And it, this is the one thing that I love about this show. It always built cliffhangers really well. Consequences. Mitchell killing people. That comes back to bite him. Yeah. The, they try so hard to be normal. This isn't the end of the world. It's just a small town in Bristol that they're trying to save. And... You know, they don't overuse Ian Watkins too much. Hedrick. Jason Watkins. Yeah. They just have him slowly building it. And then, so, I mean, George, is it season one or two? It's season two where you find out she's a werewolf. Is it? Um, um, well, you, you see at the end of season one that she Yeah, it's almost like a tease yeah, at the end of one. But it sets it up so masterfully. And you know the really sad music they have at the beginning of every episode? I think it sets it up really well, the violin. Oh, yeah. Because it just feels... Yeah. It feels I, quite, I quite like the voiceover that comes with that. There's always a voiceover that's not quite about what the episode's about, but just describing the torments. Just describing, yeah, yeah that's yeah, solid. Song. It's a little thing, and I like the fact that it just reminds you of where you stand. And just how epic it is. And I just feel like the first season's more funny because it gets much bigger as each season rolls on. They have to up it. Yeah. Mm. 
Um, I'll, I'll, I'll get on to some of the incongruities of season three in a minute, but let's just go to that point. Yeah. Season, season one's more self contained. Season one is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, but it's amazing. Stuff for season two. I mean, the one thing I do like is the the, for the ghosts as well. Um, is like it, it they build it up over five years. Like the the man with the rope, like you never see who it is behind the door for a long time, and they yeah. build it up. Yeah. They build it up, and it's always there in the background. So Annie's first season is about her getting over the death of her boy ex-fiance, ex-fiance, the murder um, of her, 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 yeah, murder, her yeah. the hands of her ex-fiance, and he's a bit of a dick from the word go, really. To be fair, but that's that's um, the thing. That character is absolutely brilliant because actually, even though Herrick is probably supposed to be the main bad guy, you kind of find yourself hating Owen the most. That's what I'm Herrick, saying exactly. <laughs> Herrick, you kind of understand why he does the things he does to a degree. He's a dick, but mm. you, got you understand because you, I think because you understand the torment that Mitchell goes through, you understand mm. that Herrick has just accepted he doesn't want to go through that torment, so he's going to just embrace being yeah. the bad guy. Whereas this guy, Owen, genuinely thinks he can get away with it <laughs> and he's actually a nastier character. I mean, it keeps your sympathies for Annie very good the first season because you really can't yeah. hate someone that much. There's well, problems. The moment season. when she... So, go on. It hurts her more in season two and three because then she doesn't have the Owen thing to play off and then she's just annoying. But season <laughs> one, Owen is so hateable. And his girlfriend is also hateable. I've well, no, I don't think she is hateable. She's yeah, I wouldn't say hateable. I won't say that, but that far, but... Well, for me, she's from. she's got an Essex accent, so that's oh, straight up. I burned that whole place down if I could. But anyway... Um... That's your own issue, man. Yeah, that's your own issue. <laughs> it's my issue. But basically, she makes a... It's like wait, a... Wait, 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 hang on a second. Aren't you a Buddhist? I am a Buddhist. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking, Tom. That's what I'm thinking. It's called you comedy. You burn the whole of Essex if you're right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's called cleansing. Um, no, I'm joking. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> this, this took a turn, didn't it? This took a turn. <laughs> but anyway, we've got oh. to back onto the show. Taking it off. Sorry. Um, but I feel like Anne's story is the biggest one of season one, self-contained, like Troy said. It's, it's very satisfying. And it sets it up for more to come season two. Well, I'd, I'd say that all of them have very clear stories in season one, which is why it's such a good season. Because yep. they've all got very, very clear stories. You know where they're going. George, it's about trying to... Well, they're all trying to be human, but it's about George finding a relationship and trying to balance the 27 days of the month when he can be a normal boyfriend against the one day yeah. of the year where... Yeah, where he's a werewolf and he's basically so... a woman but more like the four days of the day um it's like a period thing if you think about it the werewolf is like a woman yeah it's his time of the month yeah yeah <laughs> it's a really good scene between him and nina in season two where they both say you're basically we're like women now it's quite funny yeah. but, but anyway <laughs> anyway sticking with season one cool. um but yeah i mean owen like you say gives Annie a real purpose for that series. And the moment in 
is it episode five, the second to last episode, when yeah. she when they invite him round and all three of them are there, and she basically tells Owen, Mitchell's a vampire, George is a werewolf. And I'm a ghost. And then when she becomes kind of almost badass for a minute, yeah. it's fantastic. I absolutely love that scene. It's mm. strong. Yeah. It's just cold and it's brilliant. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the breakout moment. Well, yeah, it should have been. But then she goes back to being a wuss for the. Yeah, again, yeah, exactly. <laughs> she goes reverse right back. So for that mm. moment, for, for a brief moment, you think, yes, she's become something so much more than what she's been for the first four episodes. Yeah. But then she goes back to being that again. And it's like, I think that's where the fate, I think that's where the disappointment with that character is, is there's a moment of brilliant character development that then doesn't get because they can't, they need her to kind of be a weak character at other points in other series. So they have to bring her back to being that. Yeah. That need, need that kind of, uh, to have that kind of role, that kind of damsel in distress, that role. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the thing for me, because um, season one is quite light and breezy, so we can move on to season two. Because um... oh, no, 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 just hang on to season one for one more minute. I mean, there's a couple of absolutely okay. brilliant things in there. I mean, the the episode the episode with basically them being accused of being paedophiles. Oh damn! Yes, oh, I, I, I was going to touch on that as well. I forgot. I'm going to. <laughs> I cringe at that episode. That's a, yeah, that's a great point. Brilliant. It's great point. so well done. Uh, it's brilliant. It's uh, and I remember the comedian. My favorite bit is um, Mitchell. I will give Russell Toby one thing. He's very good with Asian Turner in the comedic moments. I remember yeah. when they've got all the neighbors there and Adrian Turner's got rubber gloves on. And for some reason, he's just introducing everyone. And t- George is coming from work. And there's just the whole neighbourhood there. And then oh, look yeah. that Toby's got on his face. It's just hilarious. And it's a bit where they keep going in the kitchen to talk whenever somebody comes around. Yeah. That first season, they are brilliant about that. The one, I the one, love the it. one thing that they never acknowledge about that kitchen is there's a massive hole in the wall. So everyone. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All the time they're talking, you see, oh, you see the background, just like juxtaposition, that massive hole in the background. <laughs> And George has got quite a squeaky voice, so like it's not like they can't hear him. Yeah. <laughs> and also, why does Annie need a bedroom? I've just noticed Annie always has a bedroom. She also house. has a bigger bedroom than George. Exactly. Why? why? You're a ghost. You don't need to sleep. Well, I suppose it was her house before it was theirs. So... Exactly. It was her house. So people forget. What about that other werewolf guy? The guy. Um... Tully. Yeah, Tully. Is this season one or season two? Season, season one, one, episode two. Yeah. Again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Early, early season. Um, really the one funny. Who, basically, the one who turned George into a werewolf. Yeah. You know, I've seen a lot of Russell Toby's butt cheeks uh, during this run. Um, it's just funny how he reacts to seeing him butt naked. Just one of my favourite scenes. Just because, again, Russell Toby's a great comedic actor. Just his reaction to being caught naked. Yeah. Like, he is very good at reacting to embarrassing situations. He is. He's a master at that. Yeah, mm. but he's not so good at dramatic. What well, do you think the a... plays Nina? I love her. She's low key one of my favorite actors that never really gets talked about. When mm. she turns up again, 
like Jason Watkins and Phil Davis, they have got a lot of credits to their... They, the, the thing is, they've never really anchored themselves in a show as the lead, ever really. But they have made up for it with loads of bit parts all over the place. Like supporting characters, they're just really good at it. Um, Sinead, 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 Sinead Keenan. Sinead Keenan. And she's like, she's brilliant. She's just got... Um, she's a really nice actress in real life, but she always plays really confident women. She's much more girlier in interviews that I've seen her, but she's yeah, like a true, really robust. Yeah. She really does play strong females also, that are that funny. Unbelievably strong Irish accent. <laughs> always yeah, exactly. I was like, damn, is she? <laughs> but she doesn't. She's got such a good English accent. It's like David Tennant in Doctor Who. Like, I didn't know he was Scottish until he left. I'm like, he's Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> Because his English accent is so good. By the way, go back to listen to Jessica Jones. It's evil. It's evil doctor. Rose Tyler's dead on that alternative earth. <laughs> the evil doctor. It's evil earth doctor. Have you heard that theory as well? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> to Jessica Jones. Anyway, back to being human. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way Ben just goes back and forth. I love it. That's two Doctor Who mentions. Uh, <laughs> But I like how small the, the finale is. Exactly, yeah. It feels what, season one? Dirty. Um, that's where um, Nina finds out George's... Um... I also, by the way, why we're stuck in season one, I really love Russell Ho- Tovey's, uh, George's um, really shit attempts at chatting women up. I love yeah. the one between him oh, and Mitchell. Because Mitchell's just trying to set him up with a girl. He's like his wingman. I love it. They're like a big, big couple. Um, and Annie's like the lovely figure. I love these first three seasons, really. And the great thing about Nina is she just adds to it. Um, and he's just so awkward. Um, they just uh, they build it up so slowly over the season. And I just love George. George just fumbling around. <laughs> Nina, it's so beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, no, it is. It is very good, um, and he's so natural with it. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, but this this is my whole point about the thing where you can sympathise and empathise. We all know people, or we are that person who just can't talk to women. Exactly, everyone knows that person, or is that person? You know, like everyone. That's me. We've all been there. We've all been young enough to yeah, try and chat a girl up when we were younger. Bro, you've been <laughs> go there. embarrassingly wrong. Bro, you've seen me in action before I met my wife. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I, I've got a big gob on me, and I'm quite easy to talk to other people. But if I like someone, it's very obvious. That, that's I, the, the thing is that's what shocked me because like, you're so confident in the way you speak. And when you talk to the girl, I'm like, damn, that's different, so different. Because it's <laughs> obvious how that goes, and that's the thing that I relate to George a lot. And I want to be age. I want to be Mitchell, but I end up being um, George. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely not any, and that's good. Um, uh, yeah, um, yeah. I just want to say one more thing about season one before sure. we do move on. Sure. And it's going back to that episode again. You know the one with um, where they're being accused of being paedophiles and all that. Yeah. The, the weird, it's brilliant because it's one of the most sinister moment of that entire first series. Is the last words of that episode where you know. That kid, the kid dies, yeah. and um, Mitchell obviously turns him, and they're standing on that train platform. That sounds Mitchell, like you said and, that and Mi- turned him and Mitchell around. What? Sorry, <laughs> what? I'm making 
jokes. Just ignore it. Keep going. (laughs) But you know, they're they're on that train platform and Mitchell walks away. And this young boy turns to his mum and says, Mum, I'm hungry. And that is that sent a chill down my That got me. Yeah, that got me too. Brilliant. There is no that is the most simplistic way of emphasizing just how difficult this is gonna be. And I loved it. And for me, that's actually the most chilling and sinister moment of the entire series. Yeah, the entire series. Yeah, exactly. The that show. one line. And the kid who delivers it, delivers it perfectly. It's done. It's absolutely beautiful. And yeah. What's the woman's name that Mitchell converts into a vampire? That comes to, bat, to bite him in the bottom later on as well. And during season two as well. Like, you know, there are consequences. And that's the thing. At the time, they don't seem like they, you know that well, shit's no, going to happen. In that one, you know that Mitchell understands the consequences because he doesn't want to do it. Yeah. But at the same time, that kid got hurt for all the wrong reasons, which is why he basically offers that opportunity. Yeah. yeah. But you can yeah, see that he yeah. does, he's offering it, but does he, he doesn't really want to offer it. But that's the thing. I mean, but he feels he has to. We'll talk about it more in the other seasons, but his arc is just gets darker and darker. And by the end of the three, that's the beauty of that arc. It's such a good arc. It's a treasure card. But I don't think it is an arc. See, I think it's a full circle because this character was supposed to be an evil bastard before we see him in season one. We're seeing him trying to be better. But for the large part of the years that he's been a vampire, he's been Herrick's right-hand man. And you always see those great flashbacks that they throw in quite regularly with Mitchell's past. Yeah. You almost like he papers over the cracks, doesn't it? You can feel the history. Yeah. Mind you, he's a vampire, and I loved it when Angel and Buffy did it. Like, the, the background. It's not always there a lot. They don't play on it too much. Just enough for you to know how old Mitchell is. You know? Yeah. But, I mean, the thing is, Mitchell obviously has had a conscience the whole time. But yeah. for ninety percent of the time, he's been a vampire. He's just he's got rid of that by feeding and doing all the doing the bad things, which is why he is like a living legend. Because I don't know if you remember the character of Seth in the first series. Yeah, that really yeah. annoying vampire. Yeah, that you were so annoying. That the really one, the one the one who said eight um, blood type is a bit Jacob's creaky for me, but that's all right. But he and he and he and Mitchell are having a conversation where he asks why they're in Bristol and, they, and Mitchell explains to him it was the first vampire to lead a double life lived in Bristol and this guy has no idea about it. And Mitchell says to him, Don't haven't you ever been told this? And the thing he said that made me think, okay, this guy Mitchell was actually a real evil shit was no, all the stories I hear are about you. So this guy, because these characters, these vampires, love to revel in the evil of what they do, and then you hear that Mitchell's the guy they all talk about. So yeah. he must have been a real dick. He's the idol, yeah. He must have been vicious at some point if they talk about him in that way and don't talk about their own history. And I thought that did a huge amount to actually develop Mitchell's character. You're like, okay, actually... This guy has a real dark side that we yeah, haven't really touched on yet. Yeah. You think to yourself, when are you going to see it? When are you going to see his true yeah. self? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, season two ends with, uh, season one ends with Herrick apparently yeah. dead. And that leaves well, a whole season two. <laughs> until the end of season two, because he gets resurrected by people that we will talk about. Yep. Uh, hold on. Hold on. 
But basically, I feel like season two does a great job without him still because they get some really good characters in. So, season two is still in Bristol. Yep. This yep. one is now dealing with all the stuff from season one. It's darker. Yep. They've all got consequences. Mitchell's behavior is now the leader of the vampires because obviously you've got to keep them in check. To yeah, make it's sure. almost like um, what happens after the happily ever the happily ever after is Herrick dies. Yeah. yeah, and then it's like, what happens after happily ever after? Oh shit, it's not as yeah, <laughs> it's not as perfect as you hoped it was going to be. Yes, because basically Mitchell's got to keep them all in check to make sure one that they behave themselves and they do it responsibly and don't eat people. So he's trying to set them up at the hospital to get blood and stuff to keep them all docile and not attacking people. Um, George is obviously, as we said, Nina is now. We saw in the last moments of season one that she has been clawed. So now she's got that. Their relationship is strained. Going because she won't tell him that she's been scratched, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a great scene. Um, is it season two or three? Where they're just shouting at each other in the bedroom. I can't remember which one it is. Season two. Yeah, it's still the same, same season, season two. It is one of the best arguments you've ever seen on television. I mean, dear God. It was amazing. I've got to admit, that was really good. Ten minutes of them just being absolute shits to each other. You know what? I, I, the character of Nina always annoyed me. Especially, in, well, in season one, she didn't. In season two, every time she had an argument with George, it felt like she was just, you were just waiting for her to say, you gave me this. That's what I always do. It's kind of like there is no comeback from that. Yes, he did, and he knows he did, and he feels like a shit about it. <laughs> so it's kind of an unfair. He can't win any fight ever with yeah, this because she's got the trump card of you made me a werewolf. So Annie has now had to find a new purpose in her existence because she solved her problems in season one with Owen. Um, so she, what I find funny is. She kind of starts to just do random stuff. That's funny. Okay. They found she's the light relief in season two. Until yes, absolutely, yeah. The end of it, because again, it sets up season three pretty massively, very touchingly. Um, but we won't speed through. Um, and there's two new vampires, Ivan and Daisy, who are basically, and I know Toby Whitehouse has been inspired by this, uh, Spike and um, yeah. Silla from Buffy. I <laughs> They are very individual on their own, but they are brilliant. And obviously, Daisy does a big thing at the end of season two, but we're not going to skip ahead. Um, yeah. But, but um, one thing I didn't know, I've been, I've been re-watching a couple of episodes of Being Human this week. Yeah, I haven't. I, ha- I hadn't realised, and it was my own stupidity. You know how they um, they kind of turn the vampires into an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting thing? Yeah, okay. And they get Ivan to be the poster boy. Yeah. For it. Yeah. Um, I hadn't realised, and it's just a throwaway line. Because, and I think maybe it's I didn't notice it because they didn't make a bigger thing of it until seasons sort of three and four. Yeah. That Ivan is actually one of the old ones. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, come ancient, yeah. he's come back from South America. Mm. But he's actually one of the old ones, which is why he's such a. Why all the other vampires, when he says he's going to do something, listen. Because I'd always thought, yeah, he's a cool character and he's been around a long time. I hadn't realised he was actually in that group that are officially defined as the old ones, which is like the high, the vampire monarchy Angel, almost, yeah, like the, yeah. the top guys. I hadn't realised Ivan was one of them. 
until I was re-watching it the I, other day and I, yeah. that line just jumped out at me. I was like, oh, wow. That's why everybody listens to him. Fair enough. But yeah, <laughs> Ivan is such a cool character anyway. I absolutely love but him. It starts with them in the pub. I remember this is another one of the scenes that stands out. George and... Um... Mitchell. George and Mitchell having a pint and uh, that's how we meet Ivan and Daisy because there's a pint shop there's two vampires and um, he bumps into uh, George they get separated George goes up with Daisy and Daisy basically has a way with him and she off. doesn't in, she doesn't in episode one she starts to and then stops yeah it's, it's really... episode two when she actually <laughs> it's the hell of opening them to them though it's all punk rocks a Nazi style coolness, yeah. and you, you know how dangerous they are. Um, there's also the um, uh, the Center for the Study of Supernatural Activity or SIN, SIN SSA, Sinza. yeah, yeah, Chagra and the priest Reverend Kemp, yeah, yeah Reverend Kemp, because <laughs> they're researching yeah, and they're happy to, for people to die in the course of their research, so it all gets a bit fucked up at the end of the season. It's all kicking off. Um, what do you think of these two? I remember these guys were um, the, the, the uh, Dr. Jagger was a female if I was correct and Kemp. Kemp was the bastard of the two, I think. Kemp yeah, was... She, she was doing it for genuinely scientific reasons. Yeah, she just wants to know about him, yeah. Yeah. And when it came down to it, she actually, she had the opportunity to kill Mitchell and couldn't do it. Kemp, prior to that, you think that he's... When they show that flashback of what happened to his family when he was a young priest... Yeah. It gives you an understanding of why he wants... Why he does what he does, yeah. But then in the, la- in the last episode, he just turns into a psycho. Good <laughs> but it goes from being... He's doing something justifiable to he's just sick. Like in dead. order to get in order to get rid of Annie, he murders that guy who's a who's a medium. The guy's done nothing wrong. Yeah. He just <laughs> in order to get create a door, he just kills the guy. He then also kills um, Professor Jagger at the end of that episode, which is his downfall in the end, actually. Yeah. But but the point is that he goes from being. He could justify the decisions he made up until that point. Yeah. The just being a murderer who's then... He lost the argument because then he turns into a murderous psychopath. Yeah. The one thing being human does very well is its uh, support cast gets basically effed up. If you watch it, people don't get introduced <laughs> to the season. They ain't making it out this season. It's, it's a matter of the... Toby Whitehouse said the one thing he's proud of after five years of being human is just he said I hope people nine times out of ten the characters that you felt with he's very good at writing story characters you can relate to but they drop like dominoes if you're associated with them if you come to the flat the chances are you're going to be (laughs) the body count of being human is massively something I've just realised we're talking to you guys um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Annie, at the end of the season, Annie uh, gets taken away by the door. Yeah, she gets um, an exorcism done on her, yeah. 
Or it, a bit hazy on this bit, so you guys are going to need to fill in the blanks. Yeah, I'm hazy on the season two a bit. The rest I can really do, but season two, I'm kind of like, ah. well, see, Season two, going back a bit, is the one that's got... Um, you realise the infrastructure that Herrick had in place. Yeah. It's all starting to fall apart. Yeah. Because I think it's episode two, where some you also find out that um, Mitchell used to have a flat share with somebody else. Another yeah. vampire. Oh, yeah, he did. Been, yeah. Who's been living with a human for like 25 years. Ah, I remember this. This is that's, the. That's what I'm saying. Once Tom brought it up, I was like, wait a second. Because <laughs> George, George, because they promised George and you know that they got a cure for werewolf and um, something happens. I don't know what it is, but Mitchell gets rejected by George and gets told to fuck off, basically. And no, uh, George. Three, I think. Okay. But basically, um, Mitchell just goes and does the big naughty, which is murdering 20 people in a train in the box tunnel. That, that's. Oh, no, no, no. What happened? No, no, no. So the murdering all the people in the box tunnel is a retaliation for Kemp and his people blowing up the um, blowing up the uh, the the funeral parlor. Yes, you're right. I remember, Ivan saves Ivan jumps on Mitchell and saves him and kills himself in the process, oh, which yes. is why Daisy goes nuts because yeah. she wasn't there. So Mitchell uh, and Daisy are the only two who get out of it. Thank and you. Then, Mm. Mitchell go. Mitchell basically goes nuts. He and Daisy rip that train carriage to to shreds, and then you get that brilliant scene, which is in the second to last episode, where Mitchell's gone back to the flat, but he's obviously drunk on blood. Yeah, like an alcoholic. You can see, you can see the far more vicious version of him, even when he's not killing. The way he talks to to George as if. In, is the same way that other werewolves have spoken. Uh, spoken to other, other vampires speak to werewolves. It's disdain for werewolves, and his disdain for Annie. And it, basically, you can see how, when he was on feeding all the time, how he could be that big bad, yeah. evil character, which is Savage. mega props to Aiden Turner. He does that so so well. But you still understand, but you really hate him. That's maybe the biggest point well, where no, you. No, no, that's the thing. I don't think you ever hate. Yeah, you never, you never hate him. Disappointment, disappointment. No, at his actions sometimes. I, I, I've never, I've never particularly held, hated me. I understood why the back box tunnel twenty thing happened. But it's still it, it, it was an absolute. It was a rage retaliation to <sighs> mm. to a situation. It wasn't that he's a bad guy. It was. He's completely gone off the rails because everybody he knows has just been murdered. It's basically the red wedding before the red wedding. It's like a moment of like, wow. It's not because obviously no characters that we care about get killed in that scene, but it's just well, the that, it's at the, the time no characters that we care about. Yeah, yeah but because in season three they do that nice little retcon with him going to purgatory. Yeah, but it's I brilliantly said, done. Trying to say is the scene is shocking because now it's Mitchell unleashed. We begin yeah. to see the old Mitchell, yeah, apart. yeah. which before. is why I absolutely love that yeah. scene as well. Just makes you go, Oh, love it. and in, in the middle of all this, um, I never think this worked out. Annie and Mitchell are kind of having a little romance under no, the that's season three, yeah, yeah. Don't touch on that yet, yeah. <laughs> yeah, in the background, a tiny bit, a little bit here and there. But I never believed it was. It never worked out for me. I don't think. Anyway, so basically, they have to leave Bristol. 
the biggest thing is they lose at the, end, at the end of the series. Well, see, here's the thing, and this is the difficulty. The Box Hall 20 thing is the reason they have to leave Bristol. In yeah. reality, the BBC were doing a massive push to use more um, regional places yeah. for filming rather than keeping it to their main places, which are Cardiff, Bristol and London yeah. and Manchester. Plus the BBC's is also stationed. So the BBC were pushing for using other places in Wales, which is why they had a film studio in Barry. Yes. So they used it, which but is can... why they moved to Barry. Around this time. <laughs> places on Earth. <laughs> around this time, um, Doctor Who Merlin was all being filmed there. So it's a regular place, Torchwood. Yeah, so yeah, it's they, a place... they were encouraging lots of things to be filmed in those areas. I mean, but the thing is, storyline-wise, you would think... If Mitchell wanted to hide, you'd go for a city. If you want to disappear, you don't go to a quiet island. I don't think Wales. they were thinking at the time. Maybe the thinking was, exactly. <laughs> you know, less people. It, nobody would fit to look in a um, thing. It's even both ways have their goods and bad parts. But, but, um, this is, but here also is where my frustration lies because it's thing. I love season three. Yeah. I think it's yeah. a very good season. And Herrick coming back from the dead. Daisy and someone else is another oh, girl. Um, that I woman Herrick turned, yeah. I can never remember her name, but yeah. It's Basically his, right, his protege. Yeah. It's such a weird thing, because it's snow and he just comes out naked and bloody. It's What a great visual, because the camera just vroom, goes up. Yeah, it's awesome. And... But here's my question. This guy was killed in Bristol... So why, when he is resurrected, does he resurrect himself in Barry? <laughs> because the Tony Whitehouse is really hoping that you're looking at way why he just quickly bullshit something up. Sometimes you just give it easy. You have to. No, I don't mind suspending my disbelief, but that just made no bloody sense. Yeah, I remember seeing that. I was weird. I was like, "What the hell's going on?" That will happen again in a bit more seasons as well. Let's say cope with yeah. the staff. Um, people leaving and yeah, it's difficult. It's a bit messy sometimes. Um, so, oh yeah, I, season three. So season three is actually the first time that Nina becomes a permanent character. It's the yeah. only season where she appears in every episode. Yeah, she was a semi regular season two, and then a semi regular um, so, season one as well. Yeah, it's like a mix semi. But she's now a housemate, and the most important thing is. Um, they're now in Wales, and I like this house. I, yeah, I love this house more. I know season one and two is the iconic Bristol house, but I really love this weird bed and breakfast house. Yeah. This, <laughs> I love this style of this house, it's really weird. They all doing the hula hula with the weird Hawaiian thing, it's tacky, it's nasty, <laughs> and I love it like. Oh, yes. I love this house. And it's got more Welsh people in it, which I always like. Yeah, we love Welsh. We love Welsh people. Welsh people they've got like, such a lovely accent. Yeah, I love, I love the accent. I love it. It's so bubbly, you know? It adds a bit, you know? Yeah. Anyway. It adds a bit tighter. So, obviously, they moved. And obviously, as you say, so to get Annie back, the first thing they do is try and get Annie back. Mitchell goes into purgatory to go and get Annie back. And this is where... That's a brilliant episode. 
What's her name from EastEnders? She's actually a quite a good actress outside of EastEnders. Lacey somebody. Lacey Turner. Lacey. Lacey Turner. Not related. I talked to Adrian Turner. Um, to turn a phrase, <laughs> she turned my head um, in this scene. And I've seen her in, um, there was an ITV witch show that was really shit. Switch. <laughs> she was really good at that. It was silly, that show. It was funny, though. It was just You're really... You're totally selling it to me. it's my guilty pleasure show um but it's really funny um but she's appeared in um that girl that that um iraqi film show she has appeared enough stuff outside of his to make me realize she's a good good actress yeah she's really good and obviously we go back through the box she was one she plays a character no 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 no, no. don't go too far forward because the whole point of that episode is making Mitchell relive some of his worst moments. Exactly, his nightmares, yeah, exactly. But the yeah. other thing you've got to remember is when he meets, oh, God, what was the name of the character? Lacey, Lacey Turner's character. All she says to him when he asks who she is is age 12. And he has no idea what that means. Then she starts taking him to rooms, and the first one is the first person he killed. And he remembers how he did it, and... The fact that he poisoned them beforehand so that it wasn't too hard on them. That mm. kind of thing. Then going into the one from the 1960s where he's ripped yeah. that woman to shreds. <laughs> and that... oh, yeah, I, think I, na- I think her name was Leah. I think her name was Leah. Yes, thank you. Yeah. And yeah, so he goes into that woman and he remembers that woman and he remembers everything about that moment. And then they take him in, she takes him into the last one, which is the Box Tunnel 20. And as he's walking down, you suddenly realise there's an H12 seat and she's sitting there. And it's the fact that he didn't actually remember her was kind of the whole, was the thing that made it quite dark, was that he remembered vividly what he'd done to those other people. He had more humanity at those points. Whereas (laughs) with her, she was just a number. Yeah, she was just another body, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And then she says yeah. to him, I was kind of offended that you didn't remember me. You remembered the other two so well. <laughs> and it was just, yeah. it was a really good way of kind of demonstrating how far Mitchell had gone in a, yeah. in a way. It was beautiful. This is where he comes back to his reclaim. He's on a, for the rest of season three, basically a terrible. Actually, he's quite nasty in season three. He's actually quite dark. He does good things. But he's a far-down character in season three. Uh, no, he doesn't he laugh. He doesn't laugh anywhere near as much. Because obviously the group turn up to the house. It's all very tense now because of the box tunnel murders. Well, then you get the two new werewolves that show up, which was very well done, I have to say. Tom McClare um, and um, Tom Robson Gr- Green, wouldn't it? I thought you said Royce and Gromit. I'm like, that's fantastic. Um, it's Green. Tom and it's Tom McClare. Tom and, Tom and McClare. Uh, let me let me try and get my word in, dude. Um, Michael Shosha, who is at the time Misfits was showing his sister, who's got a very similar face. Um, he's also a very good actor, but you can tell they're related. Um, and they're setting it up. I think they know Russell Toby is about going to. They've set him because obviously he goes on to replace Russell Toby later in for season four. But they're obviously. Her father and son. Um, yeah. what's, his, uh, what's the gentleman's name? The other guy, his dad? McNair. 
No, uh, the actor's name, Robson Green. Green. He's yeah, yeah. as well. Um, and uh, we meet them, and there's some crazy uh, Welsh vampires who one of them looks like a proper punk. That's the, uh, the guy who used to be Dennis Penis, yeah. Thought you were familiar. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you said pelvis, right? Penis? You didn't say penis. No, penis. Dennis no, Penis. penis. <laughs> no, I can't <couldn't>, yeah. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> So basically, that was a really... I don't know. It just kind of feels like they have cage matches where werewolves fighting each other. And it's a better... The, the usual. The usual. Yeah, yeah and that's another incongruity. <laughs> Sorry. In this, in that series, they show they go to that cage fighting thing a few times, where vampires basically make a human fight a werewolf, which is cool. Yeah. I, I quite like it as an idea. Yeah. But um, they do a flashback of how McNair became a werewolf. Basically, he was um, one of the humans thrown into a cage with a werewolf and won the fight, but got scratched during the process. But the thing that kind of annoyed me about that is, yeah. and it was done in order to set up a character thing later in series three, the person, the vampire who's the MC for that, and remember this cage is in Barry in the yeah. 1970s, was Herrick. We know he's been in Bristol. What the hell? Yeah. It's just, oh, just things like that kind of get at me ever so slightly. Yeah, it's just if we just throw stuff at that nowhere. Even if they just said, like when Herrick finally gets his memory back, yeah. If he acknowledged that, oh yeah, I used to live in Barry in the seventies. Just a line. Yeah, just one line. Yeah, just acknowledge it. It's just a bit weird. He's yeah. so low key. I He's mean, just. If it had all stayed in Bristol, it would make perfect sense. I mean, like I think it's uh, Nina, George. One of them tells the other one, and it's just like, "You come see this," and there's Herrick, and it's a bit, huh? That's how you're playing. Yeah, but George, George. George... Basically, Herrick ends up in the psych ward of the hospital that Nina, George, and Mitchell are all working at. Yeah. And George just happens to see him one day as he's cleaning and goes and tells Nina. Nina then goes and steals him from the psych ward. Like you do. Well, that's no, because they won't, because they're about to take it, because he's just been found wandering. They're, they're going to do a news report. And obviously, if they try and film him, get you him over. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why Nina steals him. Her reasons for doing it make perfect sense. Mm. But, yeah, it's just... Also, it felt like they were trying to shoehorn... Nina's pregnant as well, we find yes. out. That, now, that's yeah. a brilliant piece of storytelling. The fact yeah. that the two of them are having real problems as a couple finding time together, but when they turn into werewolves together, rather than fighting each other, they fuck. It's quite clever. I like it. And they do it together as well. They transform together. Yeah. And obviously, Betty Eve will go for the rest of the series because um, the other housemates will take over. I always like that bit. Because mm. um, getting into that, we're jumping ahead, but it's a nice thing that the baby goes the whole way through. Um, yeah. Well, I remember uh, the Welsh Zombie Lady. That is one of my all time favorite episodes. Oh, God, I hate that episode. I love oh. it. <laughs> so tortured. It's just so weird. And she's so disgusting. It's brilliant, but it's because she's so disgusting. I can't. It's how well they've done the makeup on her and oh, things yeah. like that. It's oh, just yeah. like her finger suddenly coming off, and oh, I don't know. It just, you know, I just messed you up, man. Oh, don't you? <laughs> I mean, how does she? I don't remember how we're introduced to her. It's just a base. It's just a one-off episode. She, she basically just walks into their into their lives. <laughs> 
Annie finds her, doesn't she? I think it's Annie is the one that she meets first, if I remember correctly. Possibly, yeah. I think it was, yeah. Is it in a nightclub? Yes. No, in the house first, and then they go night together. They just build the whole way through. And then you go, Herrick, just that bit, episode five. It's brilliant because you know he's going to get his memory back. It's a case of what happens when he does. Um, He stabs, and you think Nina's dead. Yeah, you think the full bit. (laughs) You're like, like, what the fuck? And. Um, I think, if I'm correct, vampires are at threat because Mitchell gets arrested for the box tunnel murders, and yeah. you end up there's a real they, they begin to realize that he's not being recorded, and they begin to realize vampires are real, and there's that threat that he might get exposed. Yeah, all kicking off. So this is ex- escalation now. Yeah, well, the, re- the reason the, the reason that he might get exposed is because of Nina. Yeah, because she decides, because she's sickened by his act. Yeah, well, well, I don't know if you remember, there was a character shows up in season three. It's like a fat version of Mitchell. He's trying to be Mitchell. And he's, yeah. got, that scrap, he's got the scrapbook. Yeah, he's trying to be his fan. He's human, yeah. isn't he? And he wants Mitchell to turn into a vampire so he could be like him. Uh, no, he is a vampire. Oh, but he wants Mitchell to teach him how to do that. He wants. He basically, he just wants to hang out with Mitchell. Yeah, just he's just a um, fanboy. That's what he was. Yeah, yeah. I but he's also but he's also blackmailing Mitchell because he knows that Mitchell is the Box Tunnel Twenty murderer, yeah. basically. And it's through him that Nina gets some indication of it. He, I can't remember whether he says something or what, but or she might even see the scrapbook, possibly. Yeah. I can't remember how it happens, but yeah, no, she, then sits, she then kind of puts two and two together, and I just I've got that vivid memory of her sitting there saying, "We ran." Yeah, and that's her just sitting, and she she's thinking to herself, "We ran away from Bristol." Mitchell convinced us to run away from Bristol. This must be why. And then she phones up the anonymous tip line, and gives them Mitchell's name, which yeah. is why it all starts unraveling. It's also one of the reasons that I hate Nina as a character. Yeah, she's, oh, she is something else, man. You know, it's a really big moment. It's a really big. It's also an incredibly uh, stupid moment. But this In is the ter- thing about this show. There's no characters will make decisions like that, and it's a brave show that isn't. They're not cookie cutter characters. Yeah, no, make- the, the the thing that got me about that. Sorry, I'm cutting, cutting you off. I apologize. Go on, go on. <laughs> but right. the thing about that 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 like you said, they're not cookie cutter cookie cutter characters, but. She, for the two previous seasons, has gone on and on at George about be discussing things before doing it, yeah. and then with one of the biggest decisions you can ever make, she speaks to no one and tears their world down in one move. Shopping someone to the police that you know is one of the biggest decisions you're ever going to make in your life. Because, but also some- the fact that she must also know that he can't be arrested. Because then the whole world of exactly come down. It's just, it's just, so she's it's just bringing hell on stupid. herself and her baby. Yeah. Sorry, but yeah. Thinking about that now, and like, yeah, it's pretty bad. But I do find um, one of my favorite scenes from season three is well, at least for this season, Annie still has a purpose to be here. 
and that's the romance of Mitchell, which is quite yeah. touching. One of my favourites is I think she tries to give him a hand job, and he can't feel anything. <laughs> He's in a couch. He's on a couch. <laughs> and they try and make it work. And they kiss. <laughs> and it's just really unique. A ghost and a vampire trying to fall in love. I thought it was kind of cool. It didn't really go far enough of it for me, but it felt real, at least. No, I don't think it could go too far, that, to be fair. Because the, the hand job is very good. Yeah. I, I love it. But I think fourth season, she stayed. The fourth season, but we'll get into that. This is that's where I think Annie should have gone early because well, that's too far for me. I, I'm going to disagree with you, but we'll get to that. Oh, <laughs> I still think she's a wet fart of a character, but okay. Oh, um, but I do love um, the finale because it's really, I don't cry normally at TV. I would put TV that I cry at at the very tippity top of all time greatness. And I just blubbering when um, George is the one to stake Mitchell. Yeah. It's fantastic television. It really is. It's a high quality series. And I'd be crying. The, The only criticism I have of the end of that series, and you're right, it is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, what they do with George Tate but they already knew by that point that um, Sinead Keenan wasn't coming back this is a problem I so must why didn't they as... give us something yeah, with her yeah exactly with her. I mean I get the idea that you want the, what, the one of the main characters dying off to be a huge thing and so you don't want too many of them in one episode yeah. I get that yeah been seasons with these guys. There's been no changes in three seasons. It's a big moment. Yeah, but they know that Nina's not coming back. So why don't they bring forward her having the baby? Yeah. I mean, even if it was me, have something about her dying in childbirth or something. Yeah, make it more dramatic. Yeah, exactly. You make it the way of going out in the dramatic. Show way. it. Show it. Make George completely all over the place emotionally at the end of season three. Yeah. So that yeah, when leave, they leave them to it. Yeah. Place emotionally. Yeah. It makes perfect. Have, sense. You have a problem because uh, Russell Toby told Toby Whitehouse he wanted to leave as well. So this is between season three and four, and obviously the last line is. To the police, vampire police officer, you've got a war in your hands. And um, Russell Toby turns around and says, I think we're not if we have anything to say about it. Which obviously, Nina's standing there next to him. And as we know, season four, Russell Toby said he would do one episode to hand it over to Tom and then he's going to leave. And it, it's just like a wet fart of a promise because it never goes through with those characters. Because, like you say, Nina is just killed off screen. Nina's killed off screen was just. Is suck. yeah, it's rubbish. Cheap. It's cheap. Um, you either season... have her dying to protect George or yeah. dying giving birth to their child. Yeah, that is one, of the, one of the two best ways that you can do it for her. Season four is opening in a weird place now because it has to rush because Tom's already been established. So, thankfully, you have that. Yeah, grand... that's one of the good things about three is yeah. because they because Russell Tovey said to thingy at the beginning of season three he didn't think he'd do another series yeah and that's why they kind of developed the bringing in the young werewolves 
because it then <laughs> gave them an option for a character that people had already identified with. Toby Whitehouse has left a has said um, I should never have written that last line though because he said I think I over promised on fans with the knowledge that him, um, the other girl uh, Nina and uh, Russell were all leaving. So he's like, yeah. I should have done that because he says my bad. But at least he acknowledges that he screwed it up. Yeah, we yeah. It, yeah. Season four and five, unlike Misfits, I don't think it falls off a cliff. I think it's still no, no, very, no. very strong. Season four and five are actually bloody good. I mean, yeah, I, I didn't good. enjoy them as much, but uh, I think it was because not, I was trying to suspend the disbelief of, oh, look, there's a different vampire. Oh, look, there's a different werewolf. It's not like Misfits where it kind of... Kind of was really weird how they yeah, did. Misfits, Miss, Miss, just as soon as um, the, what's his name got left the show, I, I was done with that show. I'm the most one. Rudy kept yeah, it, uh, other actors around him were just not funny. The characters weren't as captivating as the original core cast. I mean, Rudy Joseph Gilligan and that is amazing, but like yeah, yeah, the smart. They got very good writing to keep going, and they were very careful to bed them in. So. Um, George obviously um, George dies in episode one. The baby is called Eve of him and Nina, and obviously, thankfully, you got Tom, who and Annie to look after the baby. So that sets it up for the rest of the run because the baby stays. Um, it's called Honio Heights. Is the name of the house, by the way? Love that name. And we get introduced to they meet uh, season four early on. Another trio, uh, Leo. Hal, who's a ghost, and Leo's a werewolf, who's a very old white black man, if I remember, and Hal, a vampire. Yep. There's how, if I remember for Leo's transformations, because he's quite old, so um, his transformations are really hurting. Killing him. Yeah, killing him. So they're looking, and I think Hal was like a flapper, very old fashioned style clothing from the 30s. Um, yeah. He's kind of stuck in the 1960s, yeah. Him and Pell had a relationship. And obviously this is the big thing because this affects Annie later because she finally moves on. But she got Pell decides to pass on with... How? With uh, Leo. They're in a relationship. So this obviously inspires Annie to finally make that step at the end of season four. She knows it's her time. So that's very important. And how decides to stay to be the new vampire. And him and Tom, they don't like each other. It is beautiful. They're bitching at each other because Howe is a very by the numbers guy. Um, he's but I think he, he has to be a by the numbers guy because you discover at some point in the series that he is actually one of the old ones. Yeah, the older ones, yeah. So yeah, he, is actually, he, he has to be like OCD Maybe, about yeah. things because it's how he doesn't give in to his own temptations. Yes. Set his ways. Because you see it, because the baby Eve is now a hot topic. She's yeah, a big the war ma- child. Yeah, war child, the big Mac that all the vampires want to come and knock on the door for, the old ones. And uh, obviously, during his run, at first, you always question if how is going to just kill the baby when he's left on his own with her. Well, and there's another. That's one. the whole point. Yeah, Kapla, the lawyer. If you, remember, if you remember from the first episode, the whole thing is that um, the baby born of werewolves is the war child who's supposed to beat the vampires. Mm. Oh, yeah, it actually turns out because they go like, what, 25 years into the future. 
when the vampires have won, basically, and it's um, Eve discovering that actually the way that she can defeat them is by dying. If you remember. Uh, yeah, a prophecy. Yeah. A prophecy. So uh, the reason she then goes back in time and gets Hal and Leo and the ghost to go to Barry. Yeah. She's doing it because she thinks the second that Hal sees the war child, he'll kill her because he's one of the old ones. Yeah. And he'll understand the importance because the the vampires don't know about the prophecy. What she doesn't realize is the vampires actually do know the prophecy. So they're going to keep, they're going to treat Eve with kid gloves if they do, if they ever find out. Yeah. Hal doesn't, but the other old ones do because our old friend, um, Mr. Gattis appears as the chief of the old ones who knows exactly what the prophecy says because he makes sure that Eve gets away a couple of times. His name is Tatler. What's that? Um, um, Nick Gates plays a lawyer called Nick Cutler. He was uh, oh. obviously how created him in the 50s. Um, um, no, no, no. Mark, but Mark Gattis comes back as the leader of the old ones, doesn't he? Yes. I, let yeah. me... I'm trying to get the explanation out for people. Oh, Hold sorry. Um, that's right, man. Um, his plan, obviously, is to expose werewolves as part of a larger plan that involves the vampires taking over Earth. So he's hoping to, while well, everyone's distracted with the werewolves, by exposing werewolves as real to the public, werewolves, uh, vampires can sneakily take over humanity. Because, um, obviously, he's trying to get how to... Go on, drink blood, drink blood, drink blood. You know the whole way through. He's always poking him with a stick. It's like he's like trying to get an out. It's like trying to get someone that's in rehab to have another drink. <laughs> you know, because how's like we said earlier, it's like an alcoholic thing. Yeah. Um, and there's Alex because we first meet Alex. She's eventually like in season three with Tom. She is being set up because again, the actress playing Annie said that she wanted to leave at season four. So, obviously, Alex is first a human woman. She and uh, Howard Dayton. Yeah. And um, she gets turned by one of Cutler's men after a really bad date. And she's Um, Scottish. She's lovely. I really fancied her when I watched this show. Yeah. Sorry. I'm still here, I think. No, she's not here. Good. Um... (laughs) Yeah, go on. I think you you've you're miss you're forgetting a couple of little points. Go on. Right. The the guy who I can never remember, the guy who's wanting to do the media stuff. He was turned by Hal in the fifties or sixties, like you said. Oh yeah. But remember that he couldn't give up he was like a proper wuss of a character initially as a vampire. Mm. He was always talking about how he missed his wife and that kind of stuff. And Hal invites him for a drink in a bar mm. and he gives him a glass of um, blood and the guy drinks it and then it turns out that Hal had murdered his wife and drained her and just given her his blood. Mm. And that's what this guy does to Alex, to Hal. Yeah. In in the modern day. He mm. invites him for a drink, gives him a glass of wine and it turns out that it was Alex's blood after Hal had nearly attacked her and kind of got, and managed to restrain himself yeah which is why it was a terrible date and then so it was just it was a nice kind of turnabouts fair play type thing 
and this guy doing the exact same thing and that's how alex ends up dead because yeah. um he basically cutler is really an utty piece of shit really and mark gators is amazing i mean he reveals alex's dead body um to val how because how murdered his wife in yeah the so it's really they just nasty to each other you know there's a big old grudge going on here but and, no, but beautifully done yeah <laughs> be done because it's Mark Bloody Gators um, <laughs> and Annie becomes basically they were really good with Annie they always found something new for her she's basically the mother yes. of the baby yeah. she obviously the finale we get to because that all goes out the window in spectacular fashion um, there's that whole sense of impending this is where the show's been really good at always containing it it doesn't go for massive big patch battles it's just small part important clogs moving around you know for stuff yeah. to happen and i think like at this point i still think the transition was a smooth one some people have moaned that how is too much of a mitchell clone oh here we go blood addiction i don't, I don't think he's a mitchell i clone. don't think so no, he's, he's not he's not he's got this um Style of far more evil than Mitchell. arranging pencils and stuff in an OCD way to keep his bloodlust low. He's, he's almost like a mixture of George and Mitchell. He yes, OCD to keep his bloodlust in check. Yes, like Ben, like, like George did in the first couple of series was properly OCD. Yeah, it's almost like he's taken the best bits of George's character and the best bits of Mitchell's and created this halfway thing. <laughs> I I love him. I think he's amazing. I think he's but, one of the. But I also, I for me, he seems far more dangerous than Mitchell. Oh yeah, no, way, way, way more. The way he plays it, you kind of think under the surface, this guy is unbelievable. He's been doing this for two hundred and fifty years. He's much older than Mitchell. What's that? He's he's much older than Mitchell is. Exactly. Yeah. So when he's fallen off the wagon, he's been, <laughs> he's, he's been, like... yeah. But then you get <laughs> you get to see that in a flashback of what he was like before he moved in with Leo and the ghost. And he's just the whole bo- is beautiful. His whole body movement, everything is completely different. But it's the same guy. But you can just see this is a, uh, this is what this guy is like when he's being himself and not restraining those things and then you see that again i can't no it's in season five we'll get to it there's a musical number when hal loses it and kills everybody in that pub yeah it's just it's fucking awful is it to putting on the ritz i can't remember something like that there's a whole musical number with dead bodies it's absolutely brilliant i think this is why because they were very good at the casting this is where they were in control. I think that they knew. I don't know about Misfits, um, what happened there, but we might come to it one day. But I know that the actors always gave them enough time to where they tried to make it as seamless as possible. Except for Nina, I think. No, no, no. She told them at the same time that um, she she told them at the beginning of season three she wouldn't do another series. They well, just. Didn't they, could have done a, they could have done a better job of seeing her off them. The childbirth maybe, idea. Maybe, maybe they thought that they'd get her to do what Russell Tovey did and she'd come for one episode. Yeah, I thought that's what they thought. They could have done the childbirth scene. You know, that's uh, unfortunate. 
thing. But, I mean, it all comes to a head at the end of the season with on a, I like to say, a warehouse. And basically, yep. the, the world, Amy blows up the baby and the old ones. <laughs> um, if you think about it, it's really hilarious. Um, uh, she finishes her unfinished business and passes over because um, she her powers at this point are getting better and better and better. Um, yeah, she seems to have ups and downs with that. Sometimes she's incredibly powerful, and sometimes she's just useless. It feels like what the plot needs her to do, she does. Yeah. Um, but basically, um, they just blow the baby up. And I love the thought of they just killed a child on television with a massive explosion. Um, really good. And I, I love, the again, I love the three. I'm not being rude to Annie. There were moments where George and Annie were very high-pitched moany, yeah. crying, crying a lot. And I'm not their fantastic characters, don't get me wrong. But in the time that we have, um, Alex and Tom, they don't do that that much. They're like a strong threesome. Hal cries a bit, but that's okay. He's a vampire. He has mood swings. He's allowed to. Um, but I just think they're a bit more organized. Yeah, a bit more structured. What do you guys think of Hal and Alex's relationship? Did you believe in it? It was, it, was, it was all right. It was all right. A bit rocky at the time, but it was all right. It was solid. It was solid, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no. solid. I liked it. It was alright. It was okay. It wasn't a great spoiler. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> He's in the background, isn't he? <laughs> That's not me. <laughs> Tom. I don't know. Tom's sorry, not... sorry, I was distracted. What's up? Tom, keep <laughs> out the cupboard, bruv. Like, seriously. <laughs> I know children are annoying sometimes, bro, but don't lock them in the cupboard and let them suffocate. <laughs> I thought Tom turned to Mitchell for a second. I was going Yeah, Tom's got like a dead body in the back. Right? <laughs> yeah. I didn't even get to that. <laughs> I'm Ben. That's a catchphrase. We're going to get t shirts on there. I'm Ben. That's why. That could just be your t shirt. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just Ben. <laughs> I'm Ben. That's all. Um, sorry, I'm Ben. <laughs> sorry, I'm Ben. Not sorry, I'm Ben. I it's got me through <laughs> most of my life. People just tend to do quite well with it. Once they know, ah, okay, you just randomly go off and I will park a conversation, go around the houses and come back to the point. People yep. tend to keep up quite well. <laughs> Once you get used to it, I think people can keep up. Anyway, I've had no <laughs> anyway, not about me. Uh, season five. Um Oh yeah, oh yeah, you didn't tell um, you didn't tell Tom about um, what, what do you think about Hal and Alex? Yeah, sorry, go for it, guys. I'm gonna sit back on this one. Well, the relationship between Hal and Alex. Yes, yeah. yeah. What do you think about? Um, I like it because it gave a different dynamic to the ghost and vampire thing. Whereas, because when season one started, those characters were already established. Yeah. In terms of, they were three people living together. You see this person becoming a ghost, and it partly being Hal's fault, not directly because Hal's being punished for something he did fifty years earlier. Yeah. But the relationship is brilliant because they are like 
there's obviously a sexual attraction there, even though she's now a ghost and he's a vampire. <laughs> but they, but she's obviously got massive resentment about the fact she's been killed. <laughs> and it just <laughs> dynamic. And she and doesn't. It, just, it, wor- it works as a as a dysfunctional relationship because it's something that he can't change that she hates him for that wasn't really his fault. But and yeah, it just he he's understandably gets frustrated when she has a go on about these things because there wasn't actually a huge amount he could do about it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, and but the the woman who plays Alex is fantastic. What's her name? Hold on. Um, Tom, you got such a big brain up in your head, bruv. Um, Kate Bracken. She's appeared in quite a lot of stuff, actually. I keep seeing her. She's one of those actors that I don't... I, I'm, you know, she just find out. Yeah, yeah. she, no, she's, she's been in Misfits and, Misfits and that. Yeah, Misfits. Um, yeah, that was weird. She appeared for three episodes. It was like around the time because being human misfits kind of started in the same year and ended in the same year. So it was, yeah. it's like one of them finished, the other one would be on, and then they just seemed to be on at the same time. Um, yeah, she was in three episodes of Misfits. Um, and she was, that's it. She's disappeared at the face of the earth since. Mostly just in the English shows, like here and there, that's about it. No, nothing much. Uh, Doctors, Hobie City. Basically, she's is the Doctors and Hobie City is equivalent of if you ever went to the pantomime years ago, every single actor in their credits had the bill. Had yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Do- Doctors and Hobie City are Doctors, Hobie City, and Casualty are basically the bill of today. Yeah, every actor yeah. has them somewhere on their CV. Yeah, if you're, if you're a top English actor, you've you got to be on those shows. You've got to be on those shows, man. <laughs> I remember season five. Oh, yeah, so, like, um, anyway, uh, I feel like the relationship between Tom and Hal is really, like, and even with um, Alex, like, Tom's always, like, the kid brother, like, Alex is his sister, Hal's the moody brother. I love that dramatic, that dramatic between the three. It's just it carries the rest of season five, and like <laughs> legitly, I love it just as much. Um, season five is interesting. Season five is amazing because they got two big actors, but I love just how Alex would just tease him regularly and how how yeah. just there's always that and like you know they just kind of like. You can tell that how at first is irritated. Like, how the fuck did I end up in this situation? <laughs> it's like, what the hell? Um, but he wins me over in the end. Um, the final season, which is season five, um, I remember this one because this is around the time, this is around spring 2013. Um, this is. For me, I watched the last episode of this before I went to Japan for the first time, the day before. I just remember thinking, fuck, that, that's it. It's over. Because you knew they announced at the start of season five, it's the last one. Yeah. And it hit me because it's like when you get a show that you know is ending, it's a strange feeling of, well, you better put, make these last six episodes bloody good then. You bloody... It puts a lot of pressure on it, I think, because you know that you're running out of episodes. 
to enjoy up. And obviously, now it's been moved to a hotel. We've got the new cast all locked in. Um, yeah. It is a hotel, a bread and breakfast, actually. Uh, well, they're still they're still living in the B and B that they've been in for the previous. But they take a job at Barry Grand Hotel. Thank you. Yeah, they're breakfast. working. They're working at that hotel. Working, yeah. You've been amazing. We're going to get no comments now of people telling us that we're wrong. Thank you for correcting us. <laughs> so, so much trouble. Uh, Barry Grand Hotel. Um, Mr. Brooke, who's a government agent. Yeah. Um, he is Captain Hatch. Philip Davis, who mm-hmm. we find out later is quite amazing. It went all in on season five. It got the ultimate bad guy in. It did, and it was brilliant. <laughs> fucking amazing um, <laughs> what can I say about Phil Davis I mean he's another one like Jason Watkins who's got just bloody hell white chapel amazing CV but not not many people actually know who he is but they'll uh, rec- they won't recognise the name but they'll recognise the face yeah exactly it's one of them and I hope he's not listening to this but Phil Davis looks like a panty sniffer He's got a face <laughs> of creepy old. Oh, damn. What the heck? Right, thank you, yeah. Defamation suit we've just received. Jeez. He looks like a crackhead panty sniffer. And I love him. He's always playing on Hitchcock. It's like, we're going away screaming. But he's a great actor. Oh, I'm so, sure your parents can help you how you end up looking like, mate. I'm sorry. Um... <laughs> So he's the devil, or a vessel for the devil, and um, he's just fantastic. He's just a grumpy shit. Yeah. But imagine if you were the devil and you'd been stuck in the same body for, like, what, 80 years or something by this point. Yeah. You would be quite a grumpy shit, wouldn't you? (laughs) (laughs) You would be be like, oh, what's going to change, you know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Maybe we should explain that basically there was a pact that Hal was involved in a hundred years earlier, or maybe I can't remember, 50, 60 years earlier, where he and the werewolves got together and they'd worked out that they could trap the devil if they used the blood of a werewolf, blood of a vampire mixed together. But it had to be like the leaders of the vampires and the leaders of the werewolves. Yeah. Or two that were consentingly willing to do it and knew what they were doing. And then they could put it into the body of somebody else and then they could kill the devil by killing that body. And they managed to go through the first part of the ritual, but because Hal was a devious shit, he hadn't used his own blood, whereas the werewolf leader had. And it meant that the devil merely got trapped in the same body and the guy managed to escape and then ended up in Barry. Oh. The hotel, uh, the <laughs> hotel grand, or whatever it's called. Yeah. <laughs> Barry, because that's, that's what the devil would automatically Barry, man. do. Barry, man, don't do that. Stop doing that right now. Sorry. That's that's what the devil would automatically do. He'd go to a hotel in Wales. Because <laughs> if it's good for Gavin and Stacey, start the oh, Um, I I love doing Welsh accents. I'm not good at them, but I just love a Welsh accent. Um, anyway. So, because they're quite cheeky here, quite naughty, what they did, because there's not much to talk about during the season. It's the same how it's... dynamic. 
Yeah, same dynamic, but it's still good. Um, there is a, there is one episode that I really like because I'm a fan of the actress. Um, what is it? Season episode one. Which one? There is a girl that Tom falls in love with. Um, it's a girl that Mr. Rook, who is the government advisor for things, um, we find her starts the episode off where he finds her under a tunnel after being kidnapped by vampires and she brings him up. He brings her up. And um, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, it's the chick from Skins. It's Ka- Ka- uh, Catherine Prescott. I've always just admired her acting. Yeah. It's so good. She's not really done much since, unfortunately. But um, her and Tom have a very nice romance for an mm. episode. I kind of, but like everyone else in, in being human, she's fucking dead by the end of it. Why did we swear in? I'm <laughs> turning into a vampire now. So you can turn to a villain now. But the naughty thing they do, because they defeat the devil, I can't remember how. They all turn into They do humans, the blood cause... ritual that they should have done 100 years ago. Yeah, they should have done before, yeah. And because apparently supernatural stuff is a curse because of the devil's power. Yes. I think it's a load of... It makes sense because obviously werewolves and vampires and ghosts and evil. Very clever. They tied it into the devil. So they granted it. And you think that they've won the day. Now, this is the problem, because the broadcast ends with them sitting down watching television. Alex is, they're talking to Alex, how will you approach your family because now you're alive again? Yep. Yep. But this is what pisses me off. On the exclusive scene on the DVD box set, the ending is shown that actually the devil won because it's a false reality. It didn't happen. What? I've never seen that. Oh, is it? Oh, snap. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I remember watching this on the DVD and being quite pissed off because they realise that something's wrong and they get up and they push to save the world one more time. But, right, because the camera focuses on the last shot, on the last broadcast episode, the last shot is they zoom in on something that the devil made. And that is your hint that everything is not okay. And on the DVD, this is what really pisses me off. They did it to sell DVDs. No, but, that, the, but that's not the ending that they went with. No. Yeah, an alternative ending. It's an alternative. It's an alternative ending. No, 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 no. Toby Wires has gone on record as saying it is the real ending. It's an exclusive scene. It's not an alternative ending. It is a proper ending to season five. Um, you find out that the devil wasn't defeated and that they're going to have to go back and do it again. In Toby Whitehouse's own words, it is the real ending of season five. And it, that's what pisses me off. I've never seen that anywhere. It's on YouTube. No, but I've never seen Toby Whitehouse say that anywhere. I've heard it on a podcast years ago. Hmm. I've got to check out. I don't know. I've got to check out. But the thing is... The, the series still kind of focuses on a piece of paper on the mantle to say, is it real? 
So there's always that doubt. Yeah. Yeah, there's always going to be that kind of doubt. It's the devil, isn't it? Yeah. He says on the exclusive scene, oh, yeah, yeah. we lost. Yeah. You can never truly get rid of the devil when you think about it. Yeah, actually, yeah. I've done that. That is like a proper ballsy fucking ending. <laughs> they lose. That's kind of amazing ending. That should have been the proper ending. Put that on the broadcast. Yeah, if they put that on the broadcast, you know what? I wouldn't have liked it, but I thought... Well, that yeah, yeah, it would make sense. Like it. Yeah. Like, that's but ballsy, I respect it. They're calling it an exclusive scene because it follows on from it, and it is the true ending. But I feel like it is a the true ending is what was broadcast. Yeah, but they're trying to aim it, saying it's the true ending. But I think Tom's right. It's a deleted scene. It's deleted. It's deleted. It's naughty, though, because they did it to sell a DVD. And I'm really not happy about that. I can't believe I haven't seen that. I've got season five on DVD. How have I ever missed that? It's the exclusive scene and the box set. I'm... I don't remember seeing it, but I must have done at some point. But they basically said it's a need a different end. It's the same end. It's just, it's another ending. It's a reason for you to buy the box set. And I get to tell you, I'm sorry that we did that. The BBC decided to do that. I wasn't happy about that. So that's the second of his life. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That is, that, the ending was crazy. That was a great ending to Devil. Right, I got after the devil. It's all random. <laughs> but um, because of Russell Toby's ass all the time during the whole season, um, I'm <laughs> like, I'm not faced by male nudity now. Because I tell you what, Russell <laughs> Toby's got it out all the time. And you just get used to it. It numbs you after a while. You just like, okay. Oh, there's naked Russell Tovey. What a surprise. Yeah, it's like, yeah, wait, it's like, yeah, wait, it's like, yeah, wait, we'll just walk by and see yeah. it. Like, I'm sexually confident to say, he's got a nice ass. There we go. Anyway. <laughs> Basically, the, the whole five seasons consistently good. And there were times where I thought that they might lose it before a season started, but they never did. A couple of times I thought they ever so slightly jumped the shark. But George's wasn't dead. I'm coming back to George's dad actually. That was such a bollock of an episode. I don't know what they were going for. George's dad isn't dead. He faked his death. There's no consequences. I don't understand. The thing I like about that is the one thing I did like about that episode is obviously George thinks that his dad's dead. His dad knows that he's not dead. So it confirms to him that his son's just mental. So you've got. (laughs) And uh, that's what I like about that episode. Is it just <laughs> George just tried? George tells them the truth, but because he's been told by his dad, "Oh yeah, by the way, you're dead." When his dad knows he's actually not, mm. he just thinks he's a complete loony. And I quite like that. <laughs> also, out of interest, why in God's name does his dad get buried near Barry? The hell that oh. <laughs> I, I, don't know. <laughs> I do not know. <laughs> I do not know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe someone can tell me that actually he just sees it in the paper and goes to wherever it is, but I don't remember the episode well enough to say that that's what happened, so I have to assume that it happened somewhere near Barry. It is convenient plot's sake again, isn't it, really? He definitely sees his dad's obituary in the paper. Yeah, he sees the paper, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was a local paper, if memory serves. So... <laughs> So yeah, it's a bit convenient that everything in their lives suddenly happened in Barry. 
Oh my god! Yeah, everything just happens there. Just suddenly, Barry was the center of the universe. <laughs> everything had ever happened to them ever before. That's what I loved about the show. Everyone just went there. Just it was like a, like a, like a nexus for like for like villains and evil people. Actually, go back. There was one uh, one character, two characters that I want to mention. Hold on, I've got a joke. Hold on. Most people would say that about Wales. But in the ding. Anyway, please stop. Tova. <laughs> Sorry. But um, do you remember in season four there was a character of a young teenage vampire who'd been like a teenager for forty-seven years? Oh, I this it's the actor. The actor's really good. Uh Adam. Adam? Adam. That's the name of the character. Yes, but he's a great character because the actor, he's just a moody, he's brilliant. <laughs> I love him. I love him so much because like the actor has gone on to be in so many good roles. He's just yes. everywhere. He's really good. But he's really good in that in that as that character. And, and he does he, re- he then reappears in season five. Yes, he does. With his girlfriend who's actually a succubus. I love that. And I love the fact they introduced that kind of character as well. Damn, I forgot about I forgot about him. Oh my days. He was like well, was so, well. I love the greaser that Annie meets. Um what's his uh, season one. Uh he's brilliant. There's like a technically a little love story going on there. Oh Gilbert. Yeah, I love him. I love that. <laughs> I love this Welsh zombie girl. I know you don't like it, Tom, but I, I really just remember thinking, great, we are definitely not in Bristol anymore, are we? It's, I, <laughs> I expected John Barrowman and Torchwood to turn up around the corner. Just... It, it was a great episode, don't get me wrong. Just they did such a good job with her decaying throughout the episode. And also that actress did such a good job of being obnoxious that I just don't like that. I don't like to watch that episode. It's not that it wasn't brilliant because it was perfectly written. It was really well acted, but mm. it's because of that that I hate that episode. <laughs> and I can appreciate it's because it's done so well. What about Owen? I mean, we touched on Owen. <laughs> Sorry, I've got hiccups. Let's keep going. Um, All right. So here's a question yeah. for you: Who who is the big bad of each series? series. <laughs> It's Who's like the major bad guy of each series? Howard Mitchell, every time. It's the vampire. The house. No, 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 they're the main character. But who no, it's like the main villains. Humans. You, me, Tom. <laughs> no, you know what I mean? Because you'd probably, you'd probably say that Herrick is supposed to be yeah, the main villain of season one. But for me, the character who I hate the most is Owen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's the yeah, he's, a, he's the main villain in season one for sure. He is the main. They do such good bad guys here. Like you want them to die, and that's great writing. Every time the bad guy is just a bastard. There's not a weak one. So who is it in it's season two? Season Did you say two. Professor Jagger and Kemp. Yes, Jagger. No, it's Jagger. It's Kemp. Yeah, Kemp. It's Kemp. I'm Mitchell. Because Mitchell does a big naughty. Yeah, but that doesn't make him a bad guy. You understand his character. He it's has compulsion. There's a difference. Yeah, I wouldn't say Mitchell. I think, I think Mitchell's a villain, doesn't he? He's a villain because he's a vampire, but... Yeah, but not like a main big bad. Yeah. Okay, so season... Three is Herrick. Well, is it? Because he doesn't appear until halfway through the season. 
But he's the big bad bad. See, I, that that's the one. I don't think season three has a proper big bad. No, season three is kind of like what the Wild West. It's almost like the worst person in season three yeah. is actually the police, actually Mitchell and the policewoman. Yeah, that's it. Good point. Season four is definitely uh, Cutler. Uh, Mark Gatiss is. They did and, a good job there. Yeah, yeah. And season five, well, it's definitely the devil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Big Billy Bollocks himself, the devil. I love saying that. I don't say the devil, I say the devil. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> I agree. I remember in my friend's. Um, what because we used to watch it and he just turned around and said you know what um i review people by uh, like a devil when people play the devil and i was like what's that he said if i say what i can't that means fantastic i was like yeah he turned around and went what i can't who davis just that properly great like fantastic <laughs> Oh mate. So so you do you think it's one of the unappreciated classics of British television? In to wrap it up. I think it's definitely been one of the best of the new millennium. Yeah, modern day TV, yeah. This is around the time of Merlin <laughs> and Misfits trying to be the new Doctor Who. Uh, Mer- yeah, we were- Merlin was not terrible, but it just ignored Arthurian legends. That's that's we're not talking about Merlin ever on this podcast. That is amazing. <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, this Merlin like that? What? It's amazing. It's disqualified. Unless you want to rewatch it and talk to me about it, I will take a sleep next week if you want to. Oh, wow. Wow. I'd like to point out that you brought Merlin up. Exactly. You only brought it up. See? So he obviously does like some of it. You know? but I've watched it again recently. <laughs> it ain't. Oh, it's cringe. It's cringe. It's just full of cringe. I mean, the one thing, the one thing for me that I looking back on it now, that I at the time didn't think about it. It's impactful. People around them die, but it gets silly after a while because every these some of these characters could have really come back for the finale. There's not yeah. ever. It would have been nice to have some callbacks because, like. Um, Adam coming back in season five. It's a nice little comeback. It's very rare that being human has a cameos, yeah. But like you said, that's because they kill them all. (laughs) Sometimes they go too far with it. There should be some survivors. Because you could tell more interesting stories. Because you have to keep establishing new characters every week. It's difficult. It's a Doctor Who problem sometimes. (laughs) That's three. That's another one. This man. You should, you should put a I just like to point out to the person that is going to make the complaint. Tom started it. <laughs> Tom started it. So I think we can call it a wrap then. So that was a good podcast. It's nearly two hours. And I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure now everyone's had enough of us. So, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, two hours nearly, and I got to go see if my wife still exists. Um, so next week will be another podcast back to normal, and we will see you then. So, guys, say goodbye. Hey, take care, guys. Everyone, stay safe out there. Have a great yeah. week.
See you later, guys. Lovely. Uh, please share and subscribe, and please send us any messages that you want us to read out in the podcast. And please tell your friends if you enjoyed the podcast and spread it. Good night, guys. Bye. Bye.